here. All right. All right. We're on. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Dude, you made it. Okay. Made it. Rough traffic. Not not rough traffic, no, but traffic the honking with the guy yeah. right around here. So, I, I'm very stubborn when it comes to Sunday in New York because if I can find free parking, I'm going to find it. Mm -hmm. But I finally gave up. Now, now, what happened with, was there like a guy crossing the street and some guy was just honking? No, 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 no. So it's, you know, when it's a one way, one way street and left turn doesn't have the right of way. The people turning right do. Yeah. And so someone was very frustrated that I did not cut off the people turning right when I was turning left and made sure to let me know about it. So that was, did you let them know back? Um, let's just say that my. Midwest upbringing is starting to slowly chip away the longer that I'm here. So, so New York's coming out? New York's coming out, which is good. I can advocate for myself a little bit better, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put the elevator on this side. Yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been, people, they've always been in New York. I mean, people have always been super aggressive here. So the way that I, I kind of think about it is that it's like, everyone's very honest. Yeah, I'm sorry. Everyone's very honest, like honest to almost a fault. Um, I remember one of my first months when I moved here, uh, I was on the subway and I, it was summer when I had just moved here. And this young guy asked me, do you know if this train goes to Williamsburg? Uh, and my response is, I'm really sorry. I don't know. I just moved here. And this old man who was like standing right next to us turns and looks to who I assume was his wife. And said, why the hell would you get on a train and not know where it's going? Like, just loud enough for everyone to hear. So it was, like, brutally honest. But at the same time, you know exactly where you stand. It's not like, you know, you don't know if someone is is being fake. Everyone is very authentic. Which Interesting. You know, you know someone, I think it was a patient, they were like, yeah, I'm from Florida. I grew up here, moved down to Florida. And I don't know, down there, some people are a little more a lot more fake, a little bit more racist. And I was like, really? Okay. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that, but then he was like in New York, they're absolute douchebags. They're just straight douchebags, but they're brutally honest. And I was like, you know, that's, that's an interesting point. Cause you'll be crossing the street. They'll yell at you and you're like, okay, I can move over or whatever. And, but not all feedback is bad. It's like when you know, you know, if someone's saying something kind or nice, you know, that it's like, it's real. Yeah. You know, growing up in the Midwest, it was always like a, do they mean that? Do they, is there sub, text to this is there something that else is going on uh whereas in new york that they, they tell you good bad indifferent they'll they'll be honest all of it all of it all of it, all of it. <laughs> what show uh what show what time is the show and what are you seeing uh shows at three i being the way that i am uh like to get there a half hour early so 2 so 30 get there 2 30 yeah i'll probably probably pay for parking out there just because I, it's a little bit far away from here um I'm seeing it? spam a lot today, which will be interesting because I uh, have never seen the Monty Python movie, nor have I seen the show. So I, I'm not going to get any of the references, but we'll see. It's supposed to be good. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Or I actually haven't seen Monty Python either. I just yeah. realized I left the windows open because these lights up top can really get, can really get like, yeah. they heat up the room in, in like half hour. But um, yeah, think about it. Stop raining. When I woke up this morning, it was just... It was just coming down. Yeah. And yeah, I, between going to the city, driving in here as it is, yeah. and the rain on top of it, that could be, that could have been pretty. Most times, especially if it's not somewhere around the major train stations, like, you know, Penn or, or Grand Central, I'll drive. Especially on Sundays when there is free parking. 
So that's yeah. not a problem. The only place, I mean, it's so hard around here yeah. to find free parking. Stytown has some stuff. Yeah. Um, I've parked there before. Around here, I got a small car. What, 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 what car do you drive? Uh, a cruise, small. Small, so you could fit in the spots, yeah. but they're, I don't know, in Midtown, it's just, you yeah. can do it. Yeah. You need to be committed. You need to have like an eagle eye for it, like a Hawkeye. Oh, I've, I've definitely honed in my skill. All right. Yeah. 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 It's, it, Come it, for the dentistry, be... stay for the, uh, the parking advice. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, what do you say? Oh, so, so one of the things, the stand just broke before we got on to my little microphone thing. Super bummer. So I'm going to be fidgeting around. Hopefully there's not too much interference here, but we got it. We're moving. What do you say? You want to open up a beer? Yeah. It's yeah. afternoon. Yeah. So, um, yeah. it's five same. o'clock somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to start with? Uh, you start closest to you and move towards me. All right. Yeah. Let's do it's it. Already not towards you. Definitely towards me. Yeah. No, no start with you. Okay, and which one is the... So this is my recommendations, first, second, third, fourth. Love it. Let's start yeah. with this one. Which glass so, do you want to use? I'll use the Teku glass. Awesome, awesome. We'll do that. Let's start with these. Okay, so we're going to open it up. This is the juice That's machine. the juice machine from Treehouse Brewing in, in Massachusetts. So this is probably my favorite of their base beers. Um, they are known for their New England style IPA, which is the the hazier IPAs. Um, Love it. They're kind of one of the the kind of poster child of uh, of this style. Got it. This and is my favorite of their of their base IPA. So there's nothing you know added to this at all. It's just just IPA. This is oh, let's listen to this. Let's listen to this. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, we got a ASMR now. Oh wow! Okay. Gotta love that. I mean, why not, right? So these are all Treehouse Brewing, you were saying. Yep. One, two, three. And then we got the third that I brought. Not an IPA. I know. I'm sorry about that. I saw this. It's got like the... I was thinking about bringing like a similar stout. And then we got a bunch of the glasses here to try them in. Let me put this to yours first. So this was your favorite. This is what I was getting to before. I was like, so what, like why this order and whatnot? Because I wanted to make sure. Yeah. The other two are additives. Um, so this one uses a powder. Uh, powder fruit additive, and then this one a powdered powdered fruit, dried guava powder. So the, and guava puree. This is a multi fruit dried powder, I think. Oh, this looks gorgeous! Oh my goodness! Yeah, these glasses. Yeah. These are the nicest glasses I have for beer. This is uh, these are from Fifth Hammer. It's in Brooklyn. We got to go there at some point. Great winter spot. Nice like rustic and wood vibes. They got like barrels and. Side of it. We'll go there sometime. Yeah. So cheers. Let's give it a shot, huh? Thanks. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I will say this every time we hang out, it rains. It did rain last yeah. time. Yeah. You're stuck on a bike pedaling into oh yeah into soaked. Yeah. Soaked. We were at Reichenbach Hall that time. Good German food, Not good sponsored. beer. Yeah. <laughs> this is delicious. It's got a real nose on it. Very floral. Like that a lot. That's what they're known for. They're known for kind of the more citrus forward hot profile. And when, when was the juicy, if you will? Oh, it's juicy. All yeah. right, this is delicious. And it's kind of like a smoothie, a very thick texture. Yeah. When did you go to Treehouse Brewing? Tell me about that. Uh, this was this was Veterans Day, November. Yeah, Veterans Day a month ago. Maybe, yeah. Right? So I went up um, just for the weekend. Went up to Portland, Maine, just to escape the city for a little bit. Just 
take advantage of the long weekends. The nice thing about being here is that there's so much within driving distance, you know, Philly, Boston, uh, Maine, DC, mm. everything, mm. you know, if you want to get away, it's very easy to do so by train, by car. Um, and so that's, that was my excuse to kind of get out of the city for a weekend, get some, some good lobster. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they have some great brewing up there. What shipyards mm-hmm. from Maine is this in that area of, I'm not familiar with Maine too. I know yeah. it's quiet. I know yeah. it's very quiet. Yeah. Out there. Uh, the big ones in Portland are, uh, Bissell brothers for, for IPAs. Um, and then Allagash is a big, a big sour. They do a lot of natural fermentation with wild yeast. Uh, they're, they're known for their, their sours. Hmm. There's a lot of other small breweries that are also very, very good up there as well. So yeah. I enjoy it. It's a nice little, nice little getaway. Uh, I've got a few friends that live both in Maine and, um, and in Portland specifically. So I have a friend from high school that lives, uh, in Camden, Maine, which is a little bit North of Portland hmm. and we met up and then, uh, the oral pathologist at university of, of New England, who originally was in New York, um, and then moved up there. So university of New England, UNE, right? UNE. That's yeah. in Maine. I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's in oh. Portland. Yeah. I had no idea where it was. Yeah. I thought Shout it was out Mass- to Dr. Cohen. She Dr. Cohen. I totally thought we, did I, did I, do I know her? Did I meet her? Probably not. She never no, lectured. She, at a... um, you might, you might've met her, but, uh, she trained at a program in New York, was hired on there. Um, and then ended up kind of finding this position. In, what program in, in New York? Uh, Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Okay. So right here in the city area yeah, and yeah, you know her from, you said, so I met her when I was starting residency. She was good friends with, uh, our graduate at the time who now works with us in, in the department, Dr. Um, Kathleen Schultz. And okay. they like graduated at the same time. And there were three of them, uh, her, Molly, Dr. Cohen, and then Dr. Sarah Glass, who's at University of Virginia. All three of them kind of graduated from New York programs at the same time. Um, and apparently they have a, a nickname that they're the bad girls of oral pathology. <laughs> very nice. Very like kind. Shout people. out to the so bad girls. I don't know. Where did don't they come from? They, Do we have any background? Um, I guess there was like a resident that went up to oh, you're the bad girls of oral pathology, but they're really not. Like, they're very nice, all very nice people. Um, but they, like, every every meeting and conference, they still room together. But uh, when I first moved here, I didn't know a lot of people. And Molly and her husband, Matt, kind of took me under their wing. Um, and so I would I would hang out with them quite a bit. Hmm. Uh, and then they moved up to Maine. And, and so I, I visited them. I visited them a few times. Um, up in Maine, the oral pathology community is very small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's about 250 or so in the U.S. So it's it's really nice because it's it's a nice little community. I mean, everyone that is fantastic, knows yeah. each other really well. Mm. Um, so if I meet a dental student and I ask where they went, I usually know their oral pathologist. So it's kind of nice. That is nice. Yeah. Now I just want to try real quick. I want to make sure that would you be able to add, like make sure. Okay, so that's a problem. Wait. No, it's on. It's on. See, you can test. There you go. But you can hear me when I talk. I hear you. Make sure. No, you can see the you can see the thing. This one. Yeah. But that's that. Oh, that's yours. Yeah. So just had this thought. So, well, I'll tell you. Is mine not hooked up? Yeah, that's that's my question. Now, what the heck? They should both be plugged in. 
this. So this will arise because I did a, there should be input, input, here we go. No, it's definitely plugged in and working. Input volume, good. Okay, pro, turn one from. That's crazy. It's almost like it's not. Do you have any ideas? It's plugged in. It's plugged in here. Plugged in here. It's plugged in here, right? There's no on and off switch. So it should just be plugged in. Here. Unplug yours and see what happens. But it's it's plugged in over here. Oh, hit it, hit it, hit it. Boom. Now that one's plugged in. Okay. Let's try this. That's the USB It, it wouldn't just have it one at a time, would it? Wow. And then this one. That's. It seems like working. So when I hit it, it has full input there. something okay all right so i don't know how all right well we got something now so this will happen this i just had that that thought really quickly because this was a few weeks ago i spoke at the district two thing in jersey city and i set up the laptop and i'm not great with technology it's it's always been a struggle work on using it and practicing it i was never like just gifted it wise but i set up the computer everything hit record Went back to the stage and everything set up. Everything was ready to go. We started, went back to it, and I hit stop. And then I closed the laptop, whatever. When I got home, that's when it was recording. Oh, so, the, so when I hit stop, yeah. that's when it started. Started. And just retard. Not retard. That was just a very, very dull moment. Yeah. I was getting some errors. It's not usable. And we drank. Good beers. Yeah, yeah, case. no, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, we're gonna get something. I just, I wanted to make sure that, and, and you know, worst case scenario, they miss talking about parking. <laughs> <laughs> that's all part of the, that's all part of the thing, you know? All right, so there was an Amos meeting for oral surgery. This is back in September. Is there an oral pathology meeting in yeah. national? Yeah, uh, nationally and internationally. So there's two organizations, uh, the American Academy of Oral and Maxillofacial Pathology. AAOMP, and that has an annual meeting. Uh, and then there's also the International Academy of Oral and Maxillofacial Pathology, and they have, uh, I believe, their meeting is annual as well. Mm. Um, sometimes they come. So my first meeting as a resident was in Canada. It was, it was okay. So that's nice. I guess boss, the division chief, who was my See, he went this year for the international. He lost his stuff. Yeah. You're going to get to the top. 
I, I, I think I was going somewhere else. I think I was going somewhere. I'd love to go to town. But I think that was another trip. Um, also, because he was gone, we kind of have to be strategic. Because you're both going wrong. They've gone away. Yeah. Interesting. I do want to go into. So, actually, when I posted, what was it, one, two, three days ago, doing the Instagram story QA, a bunch of people reached out. I mean, you saw it there. Um, some people wanted to know. Like, oh, yeah, the person actually forwarded the content. So, yeah. you guys like But I wanted to go into the market. So, for the people listening, the route of all watch. How do we get into all our selfish first? I want to ask you about the, the trips. Because remember, we spoke. You're about to go on a trip. Yeah. You just got back from one. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear the sentence. One, two, three. How many trips you oh, on? Okay. Where'd you go? This year. And what was your food? This year. This year. Since um, a while ago. Uh, summer. So, it was like six months ago. Yeah. Starting in January, I, first and foremost, oral, oral pathologists are not rich. Um, I am a big believer in, in something called travel hacking. So it's uh, using credit card reward points and, and bonuses to accumulate points to use for travel. Um, so all of these trips are extravagant, but they are very cheap. I don't I don't think much. So um, the first trip was in January. Uh, I went to Anguilla, which is in the Caribbean. Um, and again, I used points. So I used all my hotel nights were free because I had free hotel night certificates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the airline travel, I used points. So went there for the long weekend in January. Uh, I've decided that with my seasonal effective that I'm going to try to do a Caribbean in either January or February just for a weekend to get some vitamin D. Um, Wait, I like that idea. Yeah. I could do like an annual January, February, just get to the Caribbean. So ne- this upcoming year, I'm going to Aruba. Again, I'm not paying for my hotel because I've got points. I use points and nice certificates. Uh, and I paid $100 for my flight round trip because I used points. Oh, so love it. Love it. And then, so that was January mm-hmm. of this year. And then, we, that's good. What was that? May, June? Yeah, May. Was Turkey? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we we hung out. That was April, May, yeah. and then you. Yeah, it was like the next week. Literally yeah. a couple days later, you went off to Turkey, and you yeah. did. So Turkey, I was in Istanbul, went to Cappadocia, and then went to Bodrum, which is on the Mediterranean, and stayed there. Uh, that was May. June was our annual meeting in Salt Lake, so we all mm-hmm. went to Salt Lake City. Um, I didn't do as much. Exploring as I would have liked, I, I would have loved to have done the Utah parks. Uh, but again, it's really hard because for us, it's everyone in the division is gone, uh-huh. so it's a lot of catch up. It's a lot of work beforehand, so it's not really fair to take a vacation around there. Um, so we go to the meeting and then we go up and go home and catch up. Uh, I think these meetings are so important, though. Sorry, but yeah, these meetings are so important. So it's been three yeah. years now. I've missed all three years of the Amos meeting, and I'm missing out on networking. I'm missing out on learning about from these lectures, the data. I'm missing out on learning about other programs, learning about other oral surgeons, learning about other procedures. And it, these these are crucial. Um, Sean, he, an orthodontist, he's, uh, he goes to, they I think they, they give them the week off to go to their meeting. And, I mean, it is tough in oral surgery to take it off because we take call and whatnot. I've been on call that weekend 
all three years in a row. Hopefully next year I can go. But but these what I was getting to do is these meetings are so important. You learn so much. You meet so many people. You get to travel a little bit, you know. And no, that's great. That's great. I mean, in orthopathology, I guess you know, there's not much diagnosing during that week. But but no, well, yeah, it's, it's 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 kind of condensed. So uh, a lot of times it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Um, so it's not too much time away. It's really not bad. Uh, and a lot of times we'll stagger so that there is some sort of coverage. Um, I know different programs have different kind of solutions for that, but that's that's uh, that's kind of how we how we work. For us, it's really important from you know, everything you said, networking and and learning. Uh, but it's also where we get all of our CE. So I, I get all the CE that I need, mm-hmm. both to maintain my oral pathology certificate and specialty, uh, my, my diplomate status, uh, in addition to you know my state licensure and all of that. So that's, that's a really important part too. But uh, June was, was Salt Lake. Um, unfortunately, the, the temple was under construction, so I didn't get to see that. Oh. Uh, but, but Salt Lake was beautiful, really nice. Um, July, I went to Ireland. Uh, I did a week in Ireland. I rented a car, so I, I covered a lot of Ireland. Did you get to the whole, uh, did you get into Northern Ireland? I didn't get into Northern Ireland. Okay. Uh, okay. But Ireland, the country, um, I, I traveled. And anyone that has ever been or is planning to go spend more than a week in Ireland, I was I was racing through racing through Ireland uh, a little quickly. I would have liked to have taken my time a little bit more, uh, especially when I'm carrying that in bed, which I don't recommend. It only take two days to do to do that. And then I guess I went to Peru. Well, wait, that, that's a that's a Cappadocia. Yeah, Cappadocia. I don't know, okay, I think it's not what you say. And also, it's not Turkey, it's Turkia. So they changed it. It's, it's T U R K Y. It's the official. Did you, did you get to do the airport? Yeah. 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 How was that? That was like. The highlights from all the traveling we Which was more It's a very smooth. Which, mm. yeah, when you see pictures, but until you experience it, it's you know, I see, I watched this Ben Tyler set. He's like, a, are you familiar with Ben? He's like a progressive house DJ and, and artist, he's a producer, it's mostly producer, but he does live sets. And he did a live set with CERT, C-E-R-C-L-E. It's like this organization that puts on his live sets throughout the world. Spots like Machu Picchu. And they, he did this set from the air balloon. And I, I watched this since third year, like D3 year of school. And ever since then, i got to go one of these years. Now, I'm not able to travel, like, really at all. But um, I'm so glad you got to do it. Yeah. I mean, this thing, it, it's scary. Right? I mean, you're up in an air balloon. No, it, not at all. So I was more no. nervous ahead of time because I was nervous that it was going to be, I was going to have an issue with heights and... Uh, right, I have the same issue. not a very real seasoned person. I don't like roller coasters. I don't absolutely no desire to bungee jump or skydive. It's a very smooth So it's almost like taking an elevator to the table. It's very safe. No, so you're not like 
That was my experience. So, like, they are such experts in it that I think, you know, I've heard other people that like, just cancel because of when. So, as long as you're going, Okay, okay, yeah. I think I just, I issue the name last fall. I mean, it was very smooth, it was, and it was a sunset. Well, not early morning, so right Is there one you always? Um, my understanding is that it was like in the was down in the no one. So it was so it's amazing. And and outside of that, the region itself is beautiful. It's, it's really cool. You keep watching it, and then it's like you're on this airplane, but you're seeing like yeah, 25 in the back. And so I don't know if this was like an all day thing. You just turn this on show up as well. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I just want to make like, I didn't know if this was like an all day event where you're looking out over the horizon, you're slamming a couple beers on the way no, home. No, no, no. It's up, up and down, up and down. Oh, it's nice though. That's great. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Okay, so now you went to Turkey and then Ireland and then Peru. Ireland. Did you get to go to there? Did you, have you watched any of the Viking shows? On Amazon, there's this Viking show it's about like Viking expeditions, right now, the lock work and stuff. And I looked it up. Uh, do you? You're part of that show? No, not at all. Not at all. That's right. Not at all. It's not a drop. We did talk about that at um Brighton Bach Hall, but um in that anyway, so side note, but in that I love I love these Viking shows. I don't know this. I just I really like to help me get through residency, right? And so the scenes are gorgeous. It looks like they're in Norway with the like from the water, just these mountains yeah. on the side. It turns out it takes place in Ireland yeah. most of the show. Do you I don't know I've never been to Ireland. I've been dying to go. Yeah. I don't know what part I do on the map. I don't know. I don't know if you were in that area um, along the coast where the show takes place. Yeah, there are. There's a group of islands um, off of the west coast, that, and that's where Star Wars, the, the latest trilogy, did a few of their scenes um, that are pretty, mm-hmm. pretty famous. I did not visit those. I don't know. I saw them. I saw them uh, from from the cliffs of Kerry, but I didn't have time to, to get on a boat. So. You you landed in Dublin or landed and left from Dublin, so I did okay. a rain. And you did all of Southern Ireland. So it's not south. So there's Ireland, the country, mm-hmm. and then there's Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom. Uh, so I I was in Ireland, the country. So I started in in Dublin, um, went down to Cork, went over to uh, to Kilkenny and Kerry, went up to Galway, back to Dublin. Stop by the Guinness Did. How was that? It's, it's foresty. But it was fun. The the coolest part of that experience was the at the end, the top floor is a bar. And so you get a really nice a really nice view. The top floor. So you yeah. start at the bottom and you work yeah. your you work okay. way up. Yeah. And I did the, the pour your own pines and the, the all of that. So um the, I have a, a good friend that I met on my Morocco trip. That was there, so I was very fortunate to stay with her and kind of have her as a tour guide. 
uh, for when I was in Dublin. Mm -hmm. So then everything else I did on my own. That was nice to kind of get a local. Yeah. Is it true that the Guinness in Ireland is different from the Guinness? Um, yes, but it's kind of like, you know, everyone claims that their pizza is the best. It's like New York pizza is the best. Chicago pizza is oh, the best. Oh, that's their... Uh, yeah. Uh, and it, it's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, maybe it's a little bit better, but it's not like noticeably different. I think we were going to say that Ireland's claim that their pizza is the best. Although we did go to a very good pizza restaurant. But, um, yeah, so that was... That was... It was bad, better, but... Not negligible. Like, not, not like... Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I not overwhelming. So. I'm not, not like a big... I like stouts. If I'm drinking a stout, Guinness is a little bit of a thin mouthfeel. It's a little bit easier to drink. Also, lowering content than most stouts. If I'm a stout, I want something. It's really low. I have a stout, I want something. Stouts, especially when you're drinking a good stout. Guinness is a good one. Two syrupy. Okay, barley wines are two syrupy. Okay, you, yeah, you got me there. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of barley wine, but you're right. If it's syrupy, it's like thick. It's you know, something refreshing. It really, you're right. It really depends on it. When it's a lighter consistency. In general, okay. that's fair. That makes sense. That makes sense. I actually did get a stamp the other day. We, so this was an eight point eight point two. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a really small bowl of cereal this morning in the morning. Mm -hmm. So it's going right through me. American double IK eight point two. Okay. The juice machine. Thank you. Excellent choice. This was your favorite? Uh, my favorite with the base. Watch. So this is what I'm this is the fifth dose, like two glasses right here. I'm, I might use the shape just because I'm curious. Use the this, the tissue glass. Just because my glasses are good for aerials and So, you're going to show up this. I have mediums I want to try and get a workout there. We might not get to this one, so we'll put this in the back. Totally about that. Right? Very nervous. Okay, let me get the glass. Yeah. Alright. Let me sanity activity. Sorry, positive. Well, it's tricked. So I had to comment on that. Because I think we all needed something to look forward to. So for me. So it was traveling. You traveled during COVID. No, no, no. So, like, during lockdown, I did a lot of planning, a lot of research, a lot of uh, 
a lot of itinerary stuff, um, sites to see, things like that. Now, COVID was one thing where we were all looking for something to do, yeah. not able to travel. I know a lot of people are like, I got to travel as soon as this thing ends. In healthcare as well, just relating this to at large, you know, our career path, so much education. Like, it's just one after another, after another, after another, maybe a fellowship and another. Not so much traveling. In addition to that, you know, traveling, um, I, I really want to go into this. It's credit card. Yeah, just pop it over. But, you know, the credit card, what's it called? Travel hacking. Travel hacking. Yeah. That's, that's huge because, you know, in healthcare, we don't have a lot of finances just to throw out there willy-nilly. So I want to go into that a little bit right after this before we go into oral pathology in general. Um, you know, the... the the path, the journey to get there, but um, so we got to go into Machu, Machu Picchu. I also want to hear about. Let's just go right into this. During COVID, you said you were doing more research so that you could plan out your next trips. Yeah. Give us, if you can, get everyone listening, me myself, because I'm I'm looking to travel as well. One through say five that you were researching, you were looking into. You know what I mean? Like, let's cut to the chase. What put you in the top, like top three places? Really, as soon as COVID ends, I got to go here, here, and here. Why? Uh, I don't know if I had a top. It was like a, kind of everything. Um, I have places that are on the top of the list that I don't have in the advance to go to. Uh, Thailand and Cambodia are like very much at the top of the list. We just mentioned um, Thailand. You were like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thailand, Thailand and Cambodia for sure. Um, but I, I don't have any immediate plans. Uh, Northern Lights are big, and then Easter Island and, and Chile. Those are also kind of. I have a, I have a bunch. I just everything is like. I did a big one. Um, I did Oktoberfest in Munich, which. Do what's that? Face. Do, what is that? Do what? once. Why? Um, I I didn't love Munich. So the thing is about Munich, um, is that most of the when I go to Europe, I want gold. Right, mm -hmm. you know things that were around before the colonists came to the United States. Okay, so you're looking for historical. I'm looking for I love history. I mm -hmm. love history, culture, and, and the, the identity of, of a place. Um, and so that's what I look for when I go to Europe. The problem with Munich is the vast majority of the city was destroyed in World War II. Uh, the I think you know there was. I believe it's. I don't want to miss. Calculate, but I, I remember it being eighty-five percent, like fifteen percent of the city is original, uh, and the vast majority of that is one building, uh, which is the the city hall in the center, which is beautiful. Uh, but a lot of, of Munich is is new construction. I see. Which is fine. I see. Um, but uh, it, it's not what I look forward to here. Uh, Oktoberfest was fun. I definitely would do it again. Uh, it is. A little touristy and very crowded. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it was very similar to a state fair in the United States. <laughs> I mean, we have that bringing where they have a bunch of like big pavilions, but instead of being filled with animals, it's just filled with tables and people and beer. Um, they've got amusement park rides and booths, concessions. So a lot of beers. Is that like a few, like a large quantity, few like types of beer, or is it just like, oh, it's everything? yeah, so. Each, they call them tents. These are you and I, we like to try new beers. We like to try a lot of different things, you know? Yeah. Um, so they call them tents. Uh, but they're like big pavilions. They're sponsored by specific brewers. And so you can only get the brewer-sponsored beer in the tent. Okay. So they might have options, but it's all one company. 
So it's all satin or polymer um, or or that. Warsteiner? Um, I don't remember. They've got like specific specific brewers. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I knew them at one point in time, but um, I don't remember what they're like five or six that are allowed to be there. Gotcha. Gotcha. The ones I named are there. Uh, but I don't remember the whole list. Polliner, uh, Opera Out, Hackershore. Mm. Uh, those are other big ones. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but the second half of that trip, which was year before, was Prague, and I loved Prague. Prague is, is beautiful, beautiful, old mm. city, very European, um, affordable, very affordable. Really? Food was good. Really? Yeah. Tell me about this this beer. What do we got here? Uh, this is Let's show off this can. Let's see this can. This is super vivid. I've ne- I it's a relatively new one to me. I have it. I have it in my pocket, but I never had it before. Uh, and this uses a fruit. Use in doses, especially dose into that. Uh, the last one, with the first two, we're just two to Yeah, doesn't help. I don't think I don't think it is that was very It's fun, good. The big trend right now is there's big. You know, starting with mocktails, people go, oh, so mocktails have become popular. Within the last year or two, they're really trendy. And beer caught a little bit later to that, where any beers are, any beers that taste, <laughs> as opposed to, yeah. I'm blessed. <laughs> I grew up, my, my dad would have so. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, what? Toast went into interviews and then... Came so out. everything, you know, beer goes through a lot of fads, like like anything. So the Hazy IPA, which is, is this, mm. was very popular maybe five or six years ago. I, I don't pretend to be a beer expert. I just have an interest. Um, have so I, I would not take this as, as gospel. You know, <laughs> Hazy IPA, which is popular six years ago, which led into fruit adjuncts, which we have here, and led into the lactose addition to it, which really lactose smoothie type of feel, mm. both in cookies and sours. And it seems lagers have it seems like trend where people choosing to be sober can something that's I saw these, uh, they look, the can art is fantastic. It's like a, a short can with very mellow colors. I think it's called like Athlete or Athlete or something. Mm-hmm. You've seen them, right? They look good. I haven't had one yet. Have you tried one? Or? Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty good. I mean, it, it's, it tastes like an IPA. But it's, oh. so it's just, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I just looked. None of them say that they had, cheers, by the way. I don't know if you've done the first one, but thanks for coming. This is huge. This is awesome. First in-person podcast. We're in here. This is great. This is great. I think we're good. Um, I am lactose intolerant as of now. Getting better. What happened was, this was during COVID, I had a massive stomach. 
on my on my left eye, Stein on my eye after eating the pie. Um, but basically, interview season was coming up. It, it, it was like in interview season or whatever the hell it was, and like I I I could barely open my eye. It was that bad. It was like sticking out an inch in my face. I couldn't open my eye. I went to the the doctor and they gave me um, doxycycline. And it cleaned my gut out within two weeks. So, so prior to that, working out, college, whatnot, I was I was drinking a gallon of milk every two, three days, right? Because I, I didn't really like. So you're not you're not supposed to miss next doxycycline. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was drinking yeah. during the time. But prior, I, I didn't like to take protein powder after a while. Like my liver enzymes were high, and no, it was not from drinking. It was from the protein powder because I don't drink all the time. But um. Didn't used to drink all the time. Now I was like, no, no, okay, just weekend, just weekend. Um, no, but basically, basically, I stopped drinking protein powder. I would just chug milk, like it was, you know, I'd go through a gallon of milk in two, three days. Yeah. Within two weeks after having the doxycycline, I couldn't drink milk. Yeah. I was getting stomach cramps, pains, uh, more than more than just once a month. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was just ridiculous. And since then, it's been over three years now. I just my stomach. Running to the bathroom just like for hours, needing to run like once an hour to go. It was, it's been a nightmare. It's actually been a nightmare. And most of my diet was dairy involved products. I mean, cheese. It was like, it was protein. It was milk. It was, you know, cream, cream cheese. I can't have like my favorite bagel anymore. But, um, so that's why I always look at these, especially IPAs and dosages for the, for the lactose. But, um, so the, um, I, I prescribe a lot of doxycycline. Uh, at 20 milligrams, so it's, it's submicrobial. It doesn't kill bacteria. Um, instead, it acts as a matrix metallic protein ACE inhibitor. It works against inflammation and tissue destruction. I use it a lot as an adjunct in my treatment of, of like medicine peptoid. Uh, and I usually tell my patients, especially those that are osteoporotic, that they have to be careful with their calcium cycle. What happens is that calcium and oxycycline together, and so both can't be utilized. And so that's why I Condition two. That's a really exactly as you it, it doesn't kill you, but it does bind the patient so that you're not using the medication, using it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. There was another thing. I was a floor plumb. I was just like, I don't know. Yeah, since then, cleared up my gut, but um, have fun. But one to hear about. Yeah. So, um, Peru, starting in for a day in Lima, uh, and then went to Arequipa. Uh, Arequipa is the second largest city in Peru. Um, it is home to three volcanoes, which are active, uh, and it's beautiful. It's called the White City. They use a lot of what's called Sealar, which is uh, volcanic rock. Hmm. And I actually made a friend in Munich at Oktoberfest, who was Peruvian, um, and to visit her. And she actually came to Angela. She visited her in Peru. She's from. So she was working on train. So family went to Cusco and then they made a trip and we mm-hmm. and yeah, they 
then walk this information for himself. We were talking that before you went, this is before you went to Turkey, yeah. we were talking about this. Congratulations. I know so, that. Yeah, it's it's new. Uh, well, we we kind of talked about it in Lima at the end of the trip. Um, I always kind of have feels, but uh, it, it, I think, you know, it progressed for her. Um, and so in Lima, you know, things got a little bit more serious. Um, she was working remote, so she actually came here for a month and was working remote. Uh, and now she was. Longer. So she, they were kind of hinting at coming back to the office. Uh, she went back to Peru, and then within a week they said, all right, next week everyone's back in the office, which really sucked because she was living at home in Arequipa with her family for free. Yeah. And then she had a week to kind of scramble to find uh, a place to live in Lima. She, we have been here for years. Yeah, she's well. I'll probably go back to Peru. She's very much as well. But her end goal is. Yeah. She's uh, so she currently works for a company called Alpha, which is essentially similar to Dick Sporting Goods. She does a lot. She's an engineer. I always say what she does, but she is like. In, so she does a lot of ordering projections and logistics and things like that for certain things mm -hmm. She was always interested in getting her MBA. She's fluent in English, Italian, German, and obviously Spanish, and knows a little bit of Japanese. So she always kind of walked in. Uh, she always read books to VA and she wants to do it either in Europe or the US. And I think that because of circumstances, she's doing Fantastic. She's got to throw that on the resume. She's got to contact Harvard. She's got to contact Columbia, Yale. Oh, that'd be so great. She'd come to the States. Do you think you'd uh, maybe move around a little bit? You know, um, to UNE? For. Well, we'll see. I think for now, I think she a lot of the programs that she's interested in are in the area, um, both New York and New England. Uh, ultimately, you know, it's, it's kind of a decision. She's she's figuring out. She may feel it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my sister hired a child official. This is monster. And when she was here, she met my family. While she was still remote. And that's, I wish, you know, growing up that we knew about this remote option in some jobs. And I know it's becoming less and less. I think as we go forward, higher up executive administrative positions are going to go more and more remote. Us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I really want. I mean, there's a push towards digital microscopy. And so you could theoretically read slides from them on a computer, but patient care, I think, even for, and you do, you're procedure-based, but even from a diagnostic lens, I think it's very, very difficult. Very difficult. Sure. On YouTube, I think a lot of emails or comments asking me to tell you. Not only am I not talking about 
license for this issue is too is that like, it's a picture and seeing something in person and feeling it getting a comprehensive history is just very different. So Painting with a knife or control object. Some pictures are really great. Get a good sense of what's going on. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be very very difficult. Let's go into the rap moral maxillofacial pathology. So you went to undergrad at Ohio Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then four years there, what did you major? I biology. Biology. After then, you went to Ohio State. Yep. Um, that's four years. Uh, loved undergrad, paid it off. <laughs> to be to be transparent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? So dental school to residency. Yeah. What do you what do you think of residency? Oh, I wish I could have been a resident director. I loved being a resident. More than undergrad? Um I don't know. I feel like undergrad Especially at Ohio State, there was a lot of encouragement of self-discovery. Like, really? what do you like? Yeah. What are your values? A lot of trying new things, learning new things, which I really like. Yeah. But, I mean, residency was different because, you know, it's focused on something that you're very interested in. It's very honed in. Um, so it's hard. It's apples and oranges. Dental school, let me clarify, it has nothing to do with Ohio State. Uh, more with my feeling about me and Mm-hmm. Dentistry is very important. The world needs good general dentists. I am not one of them. Not a general dentist. I I would not be a good general dentist. What, what do you mean? Well, I just did not like, you know, doing cavity preps and crown preps and temporaries and removable, yeah. and and that's very important. The world needs people that are good at that and that enjoy doing that. I just that's not not one of those people. But you found your niche, you know? Very much. Very much. That's what matters. I really like what I do. And that's what's cool about, you know, these certain professions. I mean, let's take dentistry since we're, we're, we're both in there and we're talking about it. But, you know, you could go into dentistry and the dental school can look very frightening. And it can be very frightening. And at times, it's going to be, there are going to be a lot of lows throughout dental school. There are a lot of highs throughout dental school, you know? And the academics fluctuate. Um, the social aspect of dental school, I mean, there are, it is very competitive, unfortunately. But I think, the fact is that you really need to go at what's most important. Your career is going to be 30 or 40 years of your life, and that's a long time. Dental school is four years. There's so many specialties, um, and I know several people in oral pathology, many oral surgery, and other orthodontics. Harry, I, I, I could go on, but the fact is, is that there's so many options out there that are, um, they couple well with different personalities, different interests. Whatever motivates you and excites you, there is something there. I strongly believe that with all my heart. And I think people need to take the time to and, and really focus on while you're in dental school, it's not just getting by GPA, ranking. It's learning the material, but learning what what you connect with in the profession most to serve people, to treat people, um, to learn with others, to network. Like we're in different you're all about general surgery, but we're hanging out over a beer, you know? Um I think that's what it's all about, and I don't think dental school portrays that enough. I really don't think they do. I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. Um, but. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like 
my experience might be a little bit different because there were so many different specialty programs at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, where I the felt Wilson, like, Wilson, we were too. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like you know there was a lot of encouragement of, of exploration of what, like what you would want to do. Granted, you know some things were reserved for um, residents in that program, but at the same time, I felt or my my experience was that people were encouraged to to try and uh, explore. And I know that I was really given a lot of access to mentorship mm-hmm. in oral pathology when I was there. That's excellent. That is a, there is a lot of oral pathology stone as well. I guess I guess just kind of like there there's more of a push of what and it is good. You need to explore what you want to do. But I think there's a level of self awareness in saying, This is what I want to do, but this is what I'm good at and I like that too. And I I I, I think that I what I, what I mean is that what you want to do, and it gets very cutthroat because you might design for it. Your personality is, it's, it could definitely be explored and encouraged to to have a more organic pathway through dental school in 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 one way or another. But um, no, it's good. So so let's get into oral pathology. There there's not a preliminary exam. No. So how do you go? Well, so I, I'm not. I can't speak to that for every program. Uh, I, I don't think ADAT is used in any program, but I know that there was talk of certain oral pathology programs that were going to do ADAT. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that that is the case currently. So literally, just on the question yesterday, so, on my Q and A story, they're like, yeah. "Did you take the ADAT?" I didn't. No, ADAT was experimental. It was, it was like the first. So one was it's just a take it. Yeah. No. No score. Um, some I just got a question from someone applying to a certain yeah, an entrance exam that apparently they had to take at their interview, which I, I did not experience. Nor really the case for certain programs. Maybe one. That's good. Yeah. So, what are they typically? Residency programs. What do they typically look at at a dental student? Say you're fit for this. We want you. Don't want you. That's also you know red flags versus green flags. The most powerful part of an application in oral pathology is the letter recommendation. Um, like I said, oral pathology is such a small profession that we know everybody. Mm-hmm. So if we get a strong recommendation from someone that we know and trust, that speaks a lot. Does the oral pathologist, is this oral pathologist writing a form letter or are they like specifically endorsing this candidate? I think that that's really important. Mm. Of course. Not only that, we're, I mean, you know, it would not be out of ordinary to call the oral pathologist at dental school if you know this person. Uh, Red flag, we've seen this recently is getting an application in January or February for someone with a resume full of a different specialty. So I didn't match into oral surgery. I didn't match into ortho. I didn't match into frost. January, February? We, we take only admissions, so you can apply whenever. And a late application is not a red flag. I, I want to clarify that. A late application isn't a red flag. The red flag is when we look at the resume and 
and this is just me. This is not I'm speaking for the program. I'm not speaking for the profession. I'm speaking for. Um, I like this. I like this. Yeah. You know, if if someone submits a resume and it's research, let's say entirely in endo, and it comes after endo match, what that says to me is you don't want to be a general dentist. You didn't match into endo, so mm -hmm. oral pathology is your second choice. And that is okay. I mean, that person might be a really good oral pathologist, um, but it is a little bit. If there's no no oral pathology experience on the resume as well, and it's all geared towards endo oral surgery costs, da, 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 then that's a little bit concerning because are you actually interested in the That's I think at least for me, what is most important to someone that wants to get into the profession is did they actually explore it? Do they know what they're getting into? And are they actually interested? What, what are you looking for on a resume to say that this person has oral pathology experience? Again. Um, I am speaking entirely for me. I'm not speaking for where I work. I'm not speaking for any other orthodontist. Um, for me, I think what's really important is, is shadow. I mean, I'm not necessarily concerned. Research projects are great. You know, that's great. But I come from a very clinical bent. Um, our, the, the program where I work is, is very clinically oriented. Um, and so to me, it's, it's just shadowing, you know, did you have proper exposure? Did you spend time at the microscope? Did you, um, ask questions of the oral pathologist? Do they know you? Yeah. You know, does the oral yeah. pathologist know you? Uh, if they do, then that's a good sign. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Shadowing. Who are some of the faculty that wrote your letter, letters of recommendation at, at Ohio State that you feel that it's like that name pops or maybe that didn't write your letter? Letter recommendation from Ohio State. Their name pops up, and you're like, "Okay, I gotta read this letter of rec. I trust yeah. them." Uh, any, I, I mean, again, you know, with 250 oral pathologists in the United States, we have an expectation of who we need to hear from oh, um, wow. when a student applies from a certain school. Uh, they should have a letter. In my opinion, uh, they course. should they should have <laughs> a letter of recommendation from an oral pathologist if they went to school. If you were to put the top five things, or three things, and, and we, you, you touched on this a lot, I know, yeah. but just let's define it. Top three things, applying oral pathology, what are the top three things that you look at in an applicant? And I know I know you mentioned this already, but just to kind of summarize it for, for applicants, right, so that they can check this these yeah. these things off the list and make sure that they're in a good spot. Dental school is very stressful. There's a lot of uncertainty. You want to know that you're going to be happy in your career. Happy one day for some, right, through dental school. You know, I mean, if we could sum summarize it, the application process. Yeah, uh, genuine interest, and, and being able to express genuine interest in the profession. Um, Personal statements, letter of recommendation, shadowing, like you said. Yeah. Well, well number two would be relevant experience. Yeah. So, uh, how did you shadow at all? Did you shadow at the microscope? Did you shadow in a clinical practice? Um, that's relevant. A lot of of residency is sitting at a microscope. It, a lot of it is starting from scratch and histology, diagnosis. If you're not interested in that, you're going to be in your life for three years. So, watch instead of the microscope. This is it's, it's from a mention because someone who applied to oral surgery, this is someone applying to oral surgery, very vastly different from oral pathology, right? One is. Do on call, taking a lot, working, doing doing the surgery, but even more than that, through residency, taking a lot of call, doing a lot of tasks, planning the OR, 
rounding very early hours, very late out, I could go on, right? Oral pathology, a lot of sitting in the microscope, more of like a, more of like, there is clinical, but there's also a very research-oriented side of it, right? uh, Not necessarily research. So research. certain programs, yes. Um, certain programs will expect you to, to compose a master's thesis. Uh, how deep into that master's thesis varies from program to program. I guess um, our program so is to develop pathological side. Right, right, right. But that's diagnosis. That's not necessarily research. But I, I meant, I meant, right, yeah, right, 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 right. So, you know, our, our program, you know, we're, we're trying to introduce maybe a little bit mm -hmm. more of the research um, and looking at, at research projects, but the, the focus on, on our program is clinical, mm -hmm. both inpatients and under the microscope. So, so if someone didn't do any research, you're not counting them out. They show 100%. Me personally, no. Is it an added benefit? Yes. But it is not. It doesn't make the top three. But if someone has research projects in ontology, then that's just yeah, not. Okay. okay. Um, the third and final thing is is personality. I think that it's not necessarily like a personality contest, but um, different programs have different cultures. And so are you a team player? Will you get along with the bad girls? <laughs> uh, but but will you get along with? Are, are you going to buy into the philosophy of the program? Are you going to? I think that for me is also important. Um, you know, I think it goes both ways too. I think what I really liked about my program is that the program director really valued our our, our priorities and. Like, we were not cogs and machine. We were, we were people, which is nice. I love that. Um, and I, I think that. that he is really interested in making sure that if people come, my, my perception is that he's interested that people that come to our program want to be there. Mm -hmm. Because it's three years, and you want to be happy those three years. Three years is a long so, time. It is. It's it less is. than dental school. It's a long time. You guys, yeah. Yeah. you guys are excited about what you're doing. Motivated, waking up to do what you want to do every morning. It's exactly what you said that you can't you can't fake this resume. You can't not get into endo and say, hmm, only admissions. Let's see. It's three I mean, years in a career. The, the the thing is too is that be very weary of a program, any program. I, I did not have this experience during my application cycle. I was very fortunate that I had very supportive program directors at, at multiple programs. But I've heard stories of people that are told, you need to make a decision today. I'd be very wary of that. One thing that I really valued my experience was that everywhere I interviewed said, yes, please interview other places. Because a good program director wants a happy resident. Mm -hmm. A happy resident is someone that wants to be there. Yes. So by encouraging someone to apply multiple places, see multiple programs, see what they where they want to fit, uh, what they think fits into their goals and into their personality, I think it's most important. I think that's really yeah. important. Oh, absolutely. That's that's horrifying to hear that a program will say you need to decide today. I, I did not I did not experience that. I did not experience that. Yeah. I don't know that that is a real thing. I've heard again, whether or not that's true is is up oh, for debate. Oh, okay. But yeah. I, I have heard stories from people that, that is what happened. Yeah, what that. could they possibly you know and I've heard I've heard Similar instances telling people, you know, you're the number one pick, this and that. Um, that I mean, that is a bit separate. But putting a, a dental student on the spot to become mm -hmm. a resident of your program, in the spot saying, you need to decide today whether you want to come here or not. 
What are you betting? Maybe, maybe not today, but, but rapidly. Rapidly. Within the next two days or something like that. Okay, now are we talking about November, December, January, or are we talking February, March, April? You know what I mean? Because that's early. Early? Yeah, early. like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you gaining from that? What What is the, the resident thinking of it? How well, is that going to be an organic decision? As an applicant, and I'll say that, you know, you, you're nervous that you're not going to get a spot. And what if someplace that you want to go isn't going to accept you, but you for sh- have this for sure thing? <coughs> exactly. It's not organic. You're yeah. using fear to gain leverage. <coughs> That's inappropriate. Oh, it, but I have heard that it happens. Um, what is the program gain? A, a guaranteed resident. Um, the problem is, it's not unusual that it is unusual. Let me rephrase. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an unhappy resident might not finish the program. So that's something you got a spot now. You might not in a right. year and a half. Yeah. I hear you. But that being said, um, you know, if you are interested in oral pathology and it's a late decision, a March April application is not out of out of the cards. Yeah, yeah it, it might you might not have a spot. Um, or you might, it, it is a luck thing to some extent, but a lot of people say, oh, you know what, I might do a GPR or an AGD for a year because I missed my, my opportunity, and that might not be the case. I know that that happened with someone that came in as a first year when I was chief, that they didn't think, they thought they were going to because it was January. Applying and getting a spot, so they did to do a GPR or AGD, they were going to like that. I've been doing GPR in GPR. That being said, all of residents did either do a GPR test. Really? Yeah. I my co Have you seen the difference between students going back to the just working? No. no. It's, it's just, is it a trend? Is it, it's not something you think about what works on? Because you can be genuinely interested in that discovery. Yeah, you know, you can be seen. Always wanted to do this. The circumstances weren't right, but you know, do it. That doesn't. Two side notes not related to anything. First one, it was a little stronger than PA sense. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Your lungs like glass. Oh, no, it's not that I didn't like it. It's not that I didn't like it. The first thing was just like, this is, this is suspicious. One went to it. This was, it's a fun thing. The first one at 8.2%. This is 8.5. I mean, it's neutral. It's 0.3%. I felt like this one was easier to drink than the last one. I'm looking forward to the last one. But I want to touch on the beer. So I really like how well, one the color. But I like how so when I grow out my dome facial, my mind's bad. It doesn't feel out in certain areas. So it looks like I just got like this goatee hanging on and I'm like trying to fill it. My, it doesn't fill in. Yours is nicely filled between the neck, yeah. the cheeks, yeah. to the goatee area, the burns, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's great. Do you think you're gonna keep it? You're gonna grow out So this was uh, you know, honestly, very shape. Yeah, well, this is before. Uh, 
this kind of came from Peru. I was I was gone for two weeks. It grew out. I don't, I don't typically shave on vacation. Okay. And uh, and when was Peru? Give me the dates. August second, second and third week of August. So second or third week, mid yeah. mid August. Yeah. We're in the first week of December. Yeah. September, October, November. We're talking almost for almost four months. It's like three and a half months right now. All right. All right. So it's it's quite full falling. Okay. Well, I trim it. Um, the you know, happy wife, happy life, but happy happy girlfriend, happy life. Uh, she doesn't mind it. She likes it. So that's. Oh, that's she likes it. Okay. Um, the other thing too is that I I like it. I, I as a young practitioner, I don't like comments. You look like you're young to my doctor, or how old are you? And I feel like the beard loses me a little bit. So you're, you're getting young still. I, I'm not. I like it. I think it works. I think it works. What comment have you gotten that's pissed you off? Beyond the week. I got some comments. We all get comments, you know, between our medications so, and then. One thing that doesn't like necessarily make me but I think it's interesting, is that people come to me for my opinion based on my understanding of evidence and my experience. And people will say, well, this provider said this. And it doesn't make me mad because they're trying to figure out what truth is. And, mm -hmm. and truth is a little gray and they're, you know, nothing medicine is 100%, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we're always learning new things. Some things work for some people, some other things work for others. But my the difficulty I have with that is, well, if you don't trust my opinion, then why do you continue to, to ask for it? Yeah. Um, it's okay that you don't you don't want my opinion. That's fine. That's your prerogative. I'm only here to provide what I know and my evidence based reasoning. Mm -hmm. But if you trust a different provider more than me, then I would recommend pursuing your treatment goals with them. Because they align with what, what you want, what you believe. So it's it's not, it doesn't make me mad, but it's more of a confusion. It's like, a, I, I can't tell you what you want to hear. I can only tell you my interpretation of what's going on based on what I see, what I know, and what evidence has told me. Objective. Is rather than the gold standard in the, right. in the field. Um, yeah. And is this if you don't like it, then I recommend pursuing a different opinion and there's nothing wrong with a second or third opinion but the thing is is i can't validate an opinion that i don't believe to be true right uh and so that's something that it doesn't happen often um that can't happen that it, it's something that is difficult for me because it's like it, it puts me in a tough spot because i don't i want to be cordial i want to be professional i don't want to talk poorly about a different provider mm -hmm. because different about provider not necessarily patient oh, no okay. the patient patient is relaying yeah and the patient yeah. may be relaying yeah. wrong information or the information that they are not wrong but in in, it's telephone it's right? always so telephone. exactly oh. they're interpreting information that they received and they just um, yesterday so it's like, oh yeah then well surgeon took out the tooth this and that i found out today it was a, it was a periodontist that has nothing to do with Oral surgery versus periodontist. The fact is, is that they're two very differently trained clinicians. Exactly. I, I, I know. I, yeah. Game so, telephone every time. Oh, and it, it, it's one of those things where 
I get very confused because you're soliciting my opinion again. It hasn't changed. Um, and my opinion can change. I'm, I'm open to new ideas, new concepts, new innovation. Um, but that can be very difficult. That, that's something that's very difficult. Is yeah. Why are you telling me this but somebody else is telling me something else? And that, that's fair. Different providers might tell you different things. It doesn't make me right them wrong. It doesn't make them right me wrong. It's two different opinions. Uh, two professional opinions. There's, so, th- there's a thing called getting a second opinion. This yeah. is very normal. It's very yeah. natural to do. And it's, it's a good idea, but that's uh, tough. I know what you mean. It's yeah. tough at times. So that's, that's probably the biggest. The biggest. Yeah. That is, is difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. You want to, like, yeah, I'll pick up the real quick. So we got, what is it? We got a month and a half, right around, I, I don't remember the date exactly offhand. The trivia, next trivia. This is your glass. All right, I'm putting this uh, this double back away. Oh, it's just such a beauty. Color bronze, eight point two percent. Yeah, no, I'll make it go far. Chocolate Munich Pilsner, with greens. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So check this out. Beautiful. We're not gonna have that one today. We had the three. Incredibly tasty IPAs. This will be another day. See, this will be another day. All right. Next, next thought. What do you, what, what do you think of the apartment? It's nice. Small. I know. Uh, I'm lucky though. I mean, so many windows. Yeah, you know, a lot of views. There's a there's a little fitness center. Small. I mean, it's got one treadmill. It's got two bench presses. No barbells. No squat racks. It does have um, dumbbells at the fifty. Like one bike, it it's got stuff, you know. Yeah. I don't have a gym membership. I haven't been in Portland three years, but uh, you know, it has the stuff that you need. It's got the laundry in the building. It's got a nice little terrace that I can look out on. Just put up the lights two days ago. That's it. Make a little little festive. All right, last one. Last one. What do we got? So it's about one twenty one twenty five now. Sorbet. Sorbet. Yeah, it looks like we had a bit of. Okay. Well, now we know for the next time, right? We got. It looks like the back is lighter than the foreground. I guess that that's expected. I was thinking, oh, it's not a sunny day. There's a lot, and it's raining outside. It's cloudy. Put on all the lights in here. Yeah, I think it's nighttime. It'll have to be nighttime. That did nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of plants. I don't know. I, I've been told I'm like weirdly organized. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly organized. Yeah. Yeah. Organized is is not weird. That's like it's exactly. That's exactly what I find. Is I'm like, well, where is it? Well, I always put it here. Where else could it possibly be? And you go to that spot, there it is. Yeah. Um, all right, tell me about this. 
This is going to taste like a smoothie. American IPA. Okay. So, water, bulk, hops, yeast, and a blend of dry guava powder and fresh guava puree. Okay. This is awesome. Oh. Oh, wow. This one might be my favorite one. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. You said you, you like this one. You, what did you say the first one was your favorite? No, no, no. So favorite base. So uh, you have a base beer, and then they can add something called adjuncts, which are additional things. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. People add weird adjuncts. This adjuncts to this are the guava powder, guava pure core. Oh, so it's not a base beer because it's not just beer. It's beer plus guava powder, guava puree. Yeah. So the juice machine is base beer. There's there's water, hops, barley, yeast, nothing else in it. Oh, uh, I see. The other mean. two have additional things. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is delicious. Yeah. This is gonna go quick. <laughs> and this one is six point eight. It looks like okay. So you went eight point two to eight point five to six point eight. The way that you don't uh, when you structure a beer tasting, ABV is only one part. Mm -hmm. You also want to think about intensity of flavor. So if we had, you know, in a different order, mm -hmm. like you would never have a stout or an Appelbach before an IPA because you're not going to appreciate everything that the IPA has to offer. So you want to save the more complex flavor profile to the end. Uh, a little bit towards the end. It's a little bit of a, a nuanced thing. ABV is a part of it. Style is a part of it. Um, Mouthfeel is a part of it. So this is the thickest mouthfeel, the boldest flavor. Mm. Um, you know, if we had this mango, we wouldn't have been able to taste anything else because mm. you would have had mango, mango, mango for the other two beers. So that's why you want to save that for last because it has the most intense flavors to it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Which is your favorite? Oh, no, this one. Hands down. Yeah? I was going to say this is yeah. delicious. This is really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's something to be said about saving the lives. The best for lives. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that, man. I'm with you on that. Always save the best for lives. Mm -hmm. Whether it's food, at Thanksgiving, last week, two weeks ago. Uh, where, where, how was your Thanksgiving? You good? Where were you? I went back home to Ohio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Girlfriend, state group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, uh, no immediate plans to come back yet. But hopefully, maybe next summer, we'll see. Um, What's I have another friend that's long distance, and uh, one thing that she said is it's kind of nice because you can pick places to travel mm. to to meet. Mm. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Also, credit card points aren't great in Peru. It's American points are matched in the world, so it's a little bit easier for me to the mobility to do that. The issue is flexibility. So I get 6.25% in two weeks, and 7.5%. So it ends up being around 20 a year, which is 20 days off. Yeah, just very nice. It's tough. 20 days a year, so nine but it rolls up. It rolls up. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything wrong? Well, you have so many trips this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Cartagena is no days. Mm -hmm. 
Finish one on Friday and then get to the airport. And that's what I'm doing. The Friday or all Friday, Monday. Or, or I travel Friday. Yeah, and then you get the weekend there, everyone's off, parties going on throughout the place. It's opening the weekend. That's that's a natural life. In residency, we were told that it was here. You really only have to take off right like say, take seven days at a time. And you can do all seven days. You can, but she's like, two weeks is a long And I feel very guilty for Seven days? That could be two long weekend trips. Yeah. You know? Oh, seven days total. Seven days total? No, no, no. We, we get, well, well, seven days at a time. Seven days at a time. Okay. They, t- they say we get three to four weeks yeah. off a year, but yeah. I mean, yeah. With you know short step and so on, but yeah, yeah, they say take seven days off at a time. To be honest, I feel very guilty taking two weeks, and it could be a little bit of imposter syndrome. But I think that like after two weeks, it I I make a point of being available. We'll see what happens with this road trip. I'm a little nervous, but I I take my laptop with me because it's vacation. It's two weeks, and I don't want to be the provider that's unreachable. Um, so. I have no problem with returning emails or with sending a prescription when I'm on a trip. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to be the provider. I, I, I Yes, there's work-life balance, but at this point in time, answering emails and sending in prescriptions for refills is not taking away from vacation. Oh, it's like connecting. So I, I, I see what you're saying, like, but then connected on the hourly level, on the day level. Um, 
person, <laughs> but for Northern Lights, I would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and Pow's from Peru, where it's cold, but it's not cold. Right, right. It's not P-A-U? winter. P-A-U? Uh, Paola, yeah. Oh, Paola, Paola. There's a Paula. I mean, they're different, but... Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, apparently the uh, Icelandic uh, journey is a very... I, I'm leaning more for couples. Okay. So, definitely more relationship. But we'll see. The other alternative. I don't have a relationship. I'm more interested. More interested. We'll see. We'll see. Exciting. That would be exciting. I'm saving time and points for the training. So we'll see you. I always try to do everything six months in advance. Mm-hmm. My philosophy is that the majority of patients six months in advance. Yeah. So it's number three and four. The longest is six. Yes, occasionally I want annual follow-ups, but only six month follow-ups. So if I book at least six months in advance, I'm not if I can block it off, then it prevents patients from having to use that. So that's something that Tricks is that I'm always trying to plan like six months in advance. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to be Residency is a different experience, though. It's really tough to plan things. It's really tough to take off. I have one, two, two or three vacation days where, like, months in advance, like, I'm, I, I got to take this off. I got a wedding, and it's been taken away from me. That happened July, August, and in March of last year, but but one thing to consider is if you are not if you are a sole proprietor, then when you close, your business closes, and certain associate roles oh, too, like a private practice, right, 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 right. Yeah. and certain associate positions too. If you're only based on collection or production, mm-hmm. you take time off. You're not making money. You're not making money. Um, I'm very fortunate that I have a vacation, um, so it's something to consider too when you get out jobs mm-hmm. if that's something that is a priority and granted different people have different priorities some people don't really care about travel um, for instance my dad has absolutely no interest in, in traveling in travel. No. is he back it's not home? like yeah it's not like airplanes i think he has gotten a little bit more into it uh, my mom took a trip to hawaii which he really enjoyed Ooh. Uh, they're looking at italy so he's getting a little bit more into it but he has like no interest in going to Turkey, no interest in going to the Netherlands, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. But if, if travel's a priority and you want that as part of your work-life balance, mm-hmm. it's something to consider when you start looking for jobs. Is is your mm-hmm. vacation paid vacation? How much is it? Does it roll over? Things like that. Something I've been looking into, I, I started looking back in June. I, I know it's, a, it's, it's like a year early. Most residents, they start looking in chief right when they start Chief year. I wanted to start looking year early because I, I know I'm a very atypical resident and hopefully future oral surgeon as well. Um, but I, I really don't want to work like this. I'm so sad. I worked yesterday. I just got out at nine o'clock today. I'm, I'm a third year resident going into fourth year. And I just worked a Saturday on primary call. There's secondary call and tertiary call. Like, not even on those yet. Um, as a third year resident. So a big priority for me is just enough work. I don't want to work weekends again. I don't. Now, call is another thing, because there's call for the hospital and then call for the practice. Call for the practice is, this is your thing. If you are an owner of the practice, part owner, partner, et cetera, no, you gotta, like, this is your thing, right? Someone's got to be there if, if an emergency comes up. 
And then there's hospital call. Hospital call, I know there are a lot of hospitals, they're not even paying oral surgeons or other dentists, if you will. Like dentists, I don't know, but there are a lot of oral surgeons working in hospitals on call. They don't even get paid. They're like, we're going to give you hospital access. Right. How often are you using that hospital access, though? And you're well, it depends, on, so it depends you're, on how often you're going for call. But if you're using the hospital for your orthodontic cases and you're charging for service for orthodontic and you have to say call once a month, mm-hmm. I mean, once a month it's is a cost benefit. It's a cost benefit. Once a month is not that yeah. bad. But it is something. It's bad. Residency call is the worst call out there. And I mean, orthognathics, how often are you doing orthognathics? Once a month. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's all it's all very, right? It depends on what you want to do. If you have no interest in working in an and you want to chuck whizzies all day, then you don't need hospital privileges and you shouldn't take hospital call. But if you want to do more complex stuff where you want to do trauma, you want to do. And granted, I'm, I'm speaking as a this I'm not speaking as a surgeon. I mean, it's a it's a cost spend. You have to analyze it. what level of call is worth the ability to access it, and also risk benefits. There are a lot of risks. Anything that's going through NOAA, it's in NOAA for a reason. There's a lot of risk involved. I mean, we we could go on, on and on about that. It's it's a it's a different lifestyle. There's a there's a a level of lifestyle that I think you appreciate as well. There's like working to live and living to work. And I feel like in surgery, you're really getting tied into the medical aspect of healthcare. And the medical aspect of healthcare, I feel, and I'm, I'm just generalizing this, a vast majority of it is like you're, you're kind of living to work. Um, and that's, that's, this is very general, I know, but. No, no, no. So because for we act as, as primary care, a lot of our codes that we know are similar, similar to primary care with the addition of being a consultant. Yeah, I, I get yeah. that. Patient care is very time intensive, uh, and oftentimes the reimbursement rate for what oh. we're doing is is really oh. poor. So you know, I a new patient, it, it's thirty to forty five minutes to see the patient. It is answering all the questions, dealing with the pharmacy, comprising a consult letter, sending the consult letter, uh, and for that we might get. It's probably about maybe three, two, three hours of work total. Might get seventy bucks, of which I only get a portion. Um, but where's the portion going? The other portion? I'm an employee. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You only get a portion of that, yeah. so you're getting a portion of the seventy dollars. Yeah. So now there's the like there's the aspect of living to work, working to yeah. live. The working to live part. So it's, I feel like the med, and you're, we are both very heavily in the medical side of healthcare. Yeah. Right? We're coming from dentistry and now we're tossed in the medical side. In the medical side, I think there's a lot of living to work. And now the corporate, I think, illusion has created more of a restrictive hours, more, more regimented working hours and whatnot. However, in the corporate environment, there's a lot less reimbursement. So then you have to, there's just so many checks and balances that make it what it is. And now it's just, it's, it's interesting because it's like now we're kind of fooled by like, well, well, look, you know, it's a nine to five and you get paid X amount after all these years of school, but X amount is maybe 50% you work in like a, what it used to be, or in some specialties, private practice. There's so many ways to look at it, but it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Is very. I think. I think the politics, the administrative side of it, is fascinating. I mean, you got these. You have these. The ISOs, obviously. And I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too far, 
But then you have these medical management, dental management organizations, corporate corporations and such. And I mean, they're sent, if you're a private practice, roughly, roughly, give or take, 50% of it is overhead. But now they're saying we're going to take another 17.5%, and now you're only making 32.5%, but you were doing it off of just a 50% margin. And now it's like uh, 17.5%. You don't have to worry about a lot of the administrative tasks. Yes. So my, my, my dad um, is an optometrist, uh, has his own practice, and it's him. He's sole proprietor, and he is responsible for inventory, collections, insurance claims. Like, the buck stops with him, mm-hmm. which is both positive and negative. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of work outside of patient care, which he doesn't mind doing. That's something that he's always done. He totally hires someone in office to help with those. He does. He does. He does. So, but at the end of the day, he's responsible for it. And I'm experiencing this a little bit, too, mm-hmm. where... If, if you have someone delegated to pursue claims to make sure that there are collections on them, um, if you're an employee, you have no control over who is doing that. So the and as you're is, is, you don't know what's getting built. You don't know what's going out there. You don't know well, what's getting collected. You're straight out. So that's, that's a different... Let's see. That was like so you're just going to get thrown out at 32 years old and expected yeah. to understand these things yes. when it's like yeah no but but it you're we're being blinded by the fact that these other organizations the corporation the hospital the residency program whatever it may be is like a, but then they're slowly phasing out your cut a little bit here they're they're yeah. taking a bite out of your pizza pie a little bit more, more it's a little bit of building as you fly it and i think that's a major criticism of any dental and medical education yes yes you don't talk about, about finances. And it certainly has been learning a learning experience for me as well. Um, collection, production, things like that. Did you learn anything right during residency? Um, I had one attending that was very open mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. and I've tried to emulate that with residents. I'm very open about uh, kind of the way that we. Get Operate not specifically like I, I I think it's a little inappropriate to talk specific numbers yeah but about general frustrations and general positives mm-hmm. you know I I think is important for residents you know it's so important one thing that's really frustrating is that people are unwilling to share their grand total mm-hmm. their overall salary and I think that it's difficult to advocate for yourself if you don't know what the industry is. Mm-hmm. So, not knowing what the work means, it's difficult to get yourself aware. Mm-hmm. So you don't know if what you're taking is a big deal, or if you're going to be yourself, or if you're being selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Being on both ends, if you are overpaid, then you are first in the or you potentially could prevent anyone else from being because expectation is that you want to be paid this much, you should be able to handle it. And then the opposite is that. The reason is that if you're underpaid, it's so What's your opinion? So I think that there is a sweet spot. It's difficult to do if you don't. But that's very, that's very, it's very, it seems like 
previous generations don't. Because it's time <laughs> so it makes sense, right? And we're and we're millennials, so we're like in the middle where we're caught between Gen Z and Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> oh that's a good point. That's really no, um, a lot of, I am considering and doing more than you stuff. That's not just going to be long, long for me, too. Well, yeah. Um, no podcast. Um, just because, to simple. Okay, just, just one step. If you're, you're doing long content, YouTube, you're doing short, and you're doing a little bit of long content, bringing you to but it's really just a conversion, or not even a conversion, yeah. but it's just a pop It's a mix too. But it's such a fun management issue. I just don't want to manage this. Like, I a TikTok and a YouTube. I know what you mean. I don't know if I agree with the management issue. It's literally just popping up on one way. It's another five minutes to either convert or just drag the file even less. Copy paste all the. But then I started new stuff. So, you know, trying to. I'm at a point where I'm. I consider myself relatively early, even though I've been doing it past years. It's, it's hard because. You know, I've got an Instagram, TikTok. TikTok, and LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is. You would want it's B2B marketing, it's yeah. professional to professional. You don't get the patience necessarily to LinkedIn. And that's fine. Yeah. But you are all like you know, you know the side that you know diagnoses, you know cases, you have an abundance of cases. I I think, just just real quick, I think LinkedIn would be your number one platform by a mile. By a mile. The issue is the ability to monetize that. Do you need to monetize everything? Yes. My thought is, if I'm putting time and energy into something, which a lot of my time and energy, admittedly, we're talking about live to work, work to live, work like that. Yes, yes. I would say that I'm not overly poor in my work life balance, but it's not ideal. I am spending a little bit more time on my work. So if I'm adding in extra time towards work, I want to be compensated. So you can say all social media work. Yes. Same. Yes. Because it is. Writing a script, filming a script, editing a, editing a script is work. It is. it is. And, you know. That's the only work you do for you, though. Everything you do at the hospital, of course, is for the patients, but the hospital takes a big cut. So you work with the hospital. Yeah, the, yeah, patients. the social media platforms take a cut of it, too. Yeah, 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 but but it's it's your brand, you know, it's your face, it's your voice, it's, it's your the content, content. Care. it's everything. Yeah. Mm. So here's here's my my future direction. Um, I am planning to utilize social media more in my practice. Mm. Um, specifically, I just wrote a ton of scripts on common conditions. Uh, I plan on utilizing that to make my life easier on a patient practice standpoint 
So I have scripts written for lichen planet, geographic tongue, barracks, um, like things that I commonly see in practice where I have a conversation with a patient. Understandably, only a portion of this percentage of that conversation is going to be fully taken in, right? Mm -hmm. When you're given a new concept, you're not going to understand it 100%. So a lot of times I'll get follow-up emails or I'll get additional questions. Um, Part of patient education then would be giving them the ability to hear that again. Mm -hmm. And so by creating these videos, it's kind of twofold. One, providers like oral surgeons, periodontists, general dentists will have a understanding of what my conversation is for patients with these conditions mm-hmm. and they can use that for themselves mm-hmm. and to educate themselves and also for my patients. Yeah. So you have lichen planets. I gave you a 10 minute spiel on lichen planets, but how much of that did you absorb? Right. Well, right. here's a card with a QR code. Go watch my YouTube video with this exact same conversation later so you can kind of rehear what I've already said. Mm-hmm. So that's my next big project, filming probably tomorrow. Oh, good. Tomorrow? I've got a few scripts ready to go. Uh, one that's more of like a regular script um, based on Arterosis and an HBO Max documentary uh, where a cult leader was drinking blue oil silver and turned blue, which I found very well. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about Arterosis, uh, which is silver intoxication, and then these new, these new videos. And with YouTube, December is oftentimes, for most creators, the month where they receive the most monetization because most organizations are running ads. Mm-hmm. So if I can get these all out in December, then hopefully that will help with monetization. Ultimately, kind of my goal, and granted it's not direct monetization, but uh, I would like to do more CE speaking because it's something I enjoy doing, and something that's relatively lucrative. Oh, I see, aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of it is just getting an email, getting my ability out the brain. Yeah, the networking, personality. Action. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 it's just, how do I kind of break into that a little bit? Mm. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. I, I really think you should consider it. Yeah. The thing is, a lot of the current kind of quote-unquote big names in CE and oral pathology uh, come from more quote-unquote traditional social media. So a good friend of mine, Ashley Briotti, shout out to her, um, Central Ohio Oral Pathology. She does a ton of CE, but she also kind of innovated Instagram for oral pathology. She has a huge Instagram following, and Mm -hmm. and she puts out great content. Um, And then another... Yeah, 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 she's great. Highly recommend. She's really good. Ashley. Uh, she's under Central Ohio Oral Pathology. She works with regional um, airlines under career-wise professionally, or like the Instagram page is also underneath. Uh, the Instagram page is Central Ohio. Oh, 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 yeah. So it's not her. It's Central Ohio. No, but she is recognized as that. Here we go. That's her brand. Oh, well, I mean, the title is Doctors Ashley Broke, Briotti, and Carl Affleck. Yeah, Dr. Oh. Allen is a really, really big name. Westerville, oh, Ohio. I see. I see. Yeah, she's, a, she's a, a great content. 45,000 followers. Oh, my God, these are great clinical photos. Yeah. She puts out good stuff. 
So she is a big CE speaker. Um, and mm-hmm. Dr. Ashley Clark is another one, and she's really active on Facebook. So you have the two Ashleys that do a lot of, of CE. Um, there are other people in the profession. Uh, How long has she been working? Uh, who? How long is uh, Ashley Brody? Oh, I think several years. Several, several years. So she was the chief president when I was uh, in Okay. 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 Yeah. So she entered practice with Dr. Allen in private practice uh, after mm-hmm. graduation. Um, you know, there are plenty of others. Uh, Dr. Islam, who's program director out of Florida. Uh, he does a lot of CE. He's St. Louis does a lot of CE. There's a lot, lots of people that do a lot of CE. But uh, Dr. Doug Dam, who created CE programs, also leading on the on the book. Uh, it's it's uh, Neville Dam Allen G as the pathology. Well, I just I just would like to do more because it's something that I enjoy doing. A lot to offer. These are these are interesting. It's it's very difficult. For example, because this, these are all clinical photos. I mean, yeah. I tried posting a few, and this is two years ago, plus, and I since still using them, I'm sure, but of like laceration repairs I've done or, or this and that. And the institution here didn't like that. Yeah. And like these, not even close. They, they, they would argue that, oh, well, I can recognize that now. Well, what's really interesting is when I started my current position, I recognize your left. Flat-on-sizer? What? No, okay. Uh, when I started at my, my current position, it was really encouraged to do social media. Um, as it should be. Where the, the word that they used was thought leader, which I think is very interesting. Thought leader? Thought leader. Um, where I'm not necessarily representing the organization. It's everything is under my name. It's my opinion. It's the, I like this. And we really were encouraged strongly to do it. We're talking to lots of organization. So that's been sort of focused both on myself and the other candidates who spoke to Schultz. It's very interesting. She's one of either five or six dual woman. So she was, yeah. So she does a lot. So it's just a whole new world. Initially, I think was very resistant. I think he was a little bit nervous. But I think he has come to it. Really? Yeah. I think he, he himself is not interested. I think he understands the importance of Now it's so important. Coming from a different aspect, I don't monetize. We tried to or thought about it. I don't monetize content just for personal standpoint. I do it. I do it for fun. I do it to, to mentor, to spread education. Um, you know, organic, personalized mentoring, organic, just content for educational mentoring purposes. And then, I don't know, from my standpoint, I, I, I do want to be, I don't know. I, I, well, let me, let me clarify. We're creating fire right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like we're, it's not just about education. Like, I really, like, like we're trying beers right now. 
But we're, we're hanging out, we're trying beers, and we're talking about a lot of important stuff besides of dentistry, oral pathology, healthcare in general, traveling. There, I've seen so much. It started in dental school and parts of undergrad where in the healthcare, they're so focused academically. There's like, there's no time for fun. Yeah. You need to enjoy what you do. Well, I, I mean, part of uh, monetization is only one part. So the, a big thing about my motivation for YouTube is that the information was not readily available on that platform. And I think that there is a little bit of a difficulty with clinical oral pathology because there aren't many of us that are doing clinical oral So, and then those people, few, how many of them are actually putting out content for the world to see well, and learn about? For me, it's more of, of, of knowledge. So, you know, people that live in a rural underserved area that don't have easy access to a specialist might have access to that information. Same thing with providers in those areas. So I do think that it is an additional way to educate, just like actually does like Instagram. So monetization is a part of it. I do expect that if I am spending time on something where I'm providing expertise that I get compensated for that. Granted, YouTube, I mean, to be transparent, this year I made around $250. So it's not gangbusters. It's it's I also, a, a big part of it is that there is a little bit of a difficulty to access that, that expertise and um, that knowledge. And by providing this new platform that wasn't, and to some extent isn't being done, mm-hmm. uh, I, I wanted to be able to make that information available to a new audience. And granted, my YouTube is not intended as medical advice, but for people that have medical training or have training in oral and systemic health, mm-hmm. if they can use my information in a practical way and provide better care, it can yeah. provide. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Granted, they need to follow that up with their own research and things like that. But uh, by I, I think there shouldn't be a a barrier to information. I agree. And so this is another way to put that information out. Oh yeah. So it's another main goal. It's, it's just to try to make this information readily available mm-hmm. on a platform where it isn't. Yeah. From a reliable evidence-based source. I mean you can apply to that information. That's true. That was true. And now with AI, the AI pulls information from certain places and sources and, and, and references that yeah, and then, then you have to investigate that. We're, we're, I think we're going in the right direction though. And we have the right idea. Well, I will give a shout out. I did uh, an AI video on a platform called Open Evidence, and they will provide information. It's, it's, I think Mayo Clinic kind of put it together, but they cite their sources. So you can look at the evidence when they submit something. So you can type in, um, how do I treat like a plant? And it will give you a, a, a shootout thing, yeah. like chat GPT will do. But instead, it cites it. It gives you papers so that you can verify what what you're reading. That's really important. That is really important. Because then you can investigate what you're looking at there. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, I have a whole video on on using AI, both from a clinical standpoint and a swatch. Well, yeah, I I don't know to go on that. We should go through that. I think we should collaborate on on like the question of the day things too. At some point, at some point, I don't know how we're going to do it. I think we should definitely 
some for some form, some sense. Um, really, we could we could talk about it and go into it more in another day. I really think episode two. Episode two. I really think LinkedIn. I think having content on there is going to be a home run for me. Not a single, not a double, a home run. I really think so. I've been putting out content there for roughly two years, two, three years now. And I mean, look, everything is slow. It, it, all this stuff is slow to grow. And the later you start, or slower you, uh, or less you provide content, free, you know, less frequent yeah, content. It's the same with that. It, 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 it becomes slow. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we're doing it. You should talk about it. What she's, she's good. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. old man. Ten and a half. Yeah. So he's home right now. Yeah. Okay. You, you didn't consider her too. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to go off for the show. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be less time than when I'm at work. Oh, great. He does well. He does well. Yeah. yeah. Ten and a half. Yeah. so long. Greyhounds in general sleep a lot. And Greyhounds, one of my neighbors had a Greyhound. Andy was her name. And, oh, oh, it's very sweet dog. They, yeah. 10 to 14. And he's 10. 10 to 14 is not there. But I've only had one for the year. But they are, I mean, I've never had a dog before. He's just very low key, very simple, very concerned. Forks, neighborhood runs. But he the the biggest misconception is that they need to run a lot. Mm -hmm. They're sprinters, so he'll do like four laps and be like, "All right, I'm done. Let's go home. I'm gonna go to sleep on the couch." They call them forty five mile an hour couch potatoes because all they want to do is just sleep on the couch, and that's true (laughs) for him too. He just he just wants to pass out. Oh my gosh, I love dogs. Yeah, we've got him a uh, so he's got uh, no, yeah, dog treats. That's already a few uh, a few more laps out in January, yeah. huh? And so what's his name again? Brutus after Brutus. Awesome. What time? How are we going? That that clock, by the way, that's my alarm. It's like 10 minutes fast. It's it's a bit. It's going to be a delicious. Where is uh, what thing are you going to learn? I think it's a St. James. It's on the 42nd. Forty-second to seven. Oh, not far, not far. No. The parking. No, you know, no, no. I'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 Two hours. Why? Good luck. Fantastic. I don't like to do too much editing, but yeah. with the pauses that were, you got to do, of course, 
But uh, cool. Oh, you know, as it got darker, the uh, the lighting got a little got bit a little better. Looks like yeah, good. Yeah. Sweet. I I just oh I'll hit stop now. I wanted to uh.